0: and start building excellence in your life, leadership, and legacy. Hey everybody. Welcome to the Building Excellence podcast. Today, I have a special guest, Charlie Saxon with me. Charlie, thanks for being on the show.
1: Yeah, Bailey. I appreciate it. Um, love what you're doing with this podcast and uh, excited to come on and be a small part of it.
0: Yeah. Well, if you wouldn't mind, give us some, some background on yourself and where you grew up and what that was like for you.
1: Yeah. So I grew up in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, yeah. It was uh, one of four children and um, yeah, I was, had some amazing parents growing up um, and, you know, we, we just, uh, we kind of always did everything as a family. Um, you know, that was in my, my, my parents really instilled just, you know, family values in us. Um, you know, we, we was raised in the Christian household and, and that uh, that faith is, kind of sh- shaped my life, um, and yeah, and then I, I don't know my, you know, from what I do as a profession now, uh, being a golfer, uh, you know, I, I just followed my dad out to the golf course when I was a little guy, um, and you know, whatever dad was doing, I wanted to be doing, and um, and so that, that's kind of how I uh, I got into golf, and um, and so yeah, that that's you know, just a, a rough overview of my background growing up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I guess.
0: Yeah, and you had two younger brothers and one little sister. Um, are there anything that shaped you, like experiences that you look back that have shaped you growing
1: up? Yeah, um, I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I could put a finger on a specific um, experience um, that shaped me per se. Um, yeah, well, it's probably probably
0: uh, just a series of events over time that that shape you. You know, the example of your parents having good friends around, uh, you know, playing sports and learning like di- certain disciplines and, and things that have been instilled in you at a young age that carry over to what you're doing today and how you're going about your work as a golfer, I would yeah. assume.
1: Yeah, I, just like you said there, I feel like it's a, it's a bit of a lifetime of shaping as opposed to maybe one uh, specific experience. And, you know, I was just really fortunate to have great parents who who loved me, cared about me, um, you know, and just set the tone for for our family and and, and how how we we're going to go about things and um, and, and just leading by example um, and so you know I've been able to um, look up to my dad over the course of my lifetime and just the example that he set um, as a man of faith as a as a as how he operates in the family how he loves my mom uh, how he treats us as kids uh, the friend that he is to other people and uh, and hopefully take some of those lessons that, you know, I either learned uh, through watching them, I I learned subconsciously and and apply those to my life. So um, yeah, I've been been super fortunate in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: that's such a great point because for those people that are listening that are fathers, the impact that a dad can have on their their son or their daughter is super important. And the qualities uh, more so by the example that they set is really important because I know that's the same for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, that's a great point. Well, did was your dad a golfer growing up? Is that yeah. how you got around the game of
1: golf? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was a <laughs> no world beater by any stretch of the <laughs> You know, he was your your typical single-digit handicap um type player. And yeah, he loved it. Um my grandfather loved it. Uh that's who got my dad in the sport. And and uh it for for my dad, um, golf is more of a way of fellowship. Um he's a uh he's a people person. He loves being around his people, sharing time with people. And um, it's just a way for him to get out and, and spend four hours of his day with, you know, people he wants to spend time with, whether it's family, friends, you know, random people he get paired playing golf with. So, you know, his goal for myself and my siblings growing up was like, he didn't care if we were, you know, great players or anything. He just wanted us to be competent in golf so that you know, when it was time to go out and, and play as a family, uh, we could enjoy it. Um, and so we spent many, a, um, you know, many time together as a family, my brothers, my dad, uh, playing, uh, my, my uncles, um, and all that. And so it's just a, it's a great way of, uh, of recreation for our family and of, you know, rounding everybody together to, uh, to sharing something we all enjoy. And, um, yeah, I guess I had a little bit of a knack for it and it, developed into passion and um you know i was able to uh to build upon that and uh you know and turn it into a career so yeah that all happened kind of organically but uh yeah just he, he enjoyed playing golf and i enjoyed being around him so i, I uh you know i'd show up to the golf course and yeah it just all kind of went from there
0: yeah you talked about your dad having fellowship with his friends and, and playing golf and then also bringing you and your your uh, brothers along so there's a common pattern of just uh doing things together like playing a game you love but also having fellowship at the same time so like incorporating those things that that we like doing with our family with our friends and applying that in what we do is really important but who would you say when you were young were you the best golfer out of the family or would any of your your family members oppose that
1: yeah i, I probably was um okay. I was, my, my brother henry to to age to me i mean he's a good player he's a great athlete uh, but yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I was a little older than him, so I, I had a head start. Um, but yeah, it was always, I don't know. I, I just kind of took to it. Well, it was always kind of my thing. Um, so yeah, I, I guess I, I was winning most of the, the family golf battles.
0: <laughs> don't Don't worry. We'll get, we'll get Henry on the show and we'll, we'll see what his, his opinion is. <laughs>
1: yeah. What's the opinion, I'm sure he'll have something to say about that.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, when did you start playing golf competitively?
1: Uh, Gosh, I was probably eight or nine. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it became – like, yeah, I, I you know, I play the offhanded tournament, um, eight or nine, you know, a handful. But then I started <laughs> – sounds crazy, but the golf world was kind of weird. But, I mean, I, I started putting, like, a fairly robust summer schedule together when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12. Um, you know, just one day, like a little – South Central Section Junior tournaments around the state and whatnot. Um, you know, it's just what you know. It', it no different to having you know uh, organized basketball or football or whatnot. That's just you know that's how golf goes. So, you know, uh, my parents, uh, the labor of love, driving me to ten buck two all over across the state. <laughs> Went to playing these little things. A um, bunch of. I mean, I got to see so much Oklahoma that I would have never seen uh, otherwise um, playing. All these little junior tournaments but um yeah right, right around that 10 11 year old age is is kind of when i pegged like all right this is this is what i want to do i'm good at this i'm going to pursue this um and i had, had big dreams um and yeah th- those are um those are kind of the formative years of my golfing career i guess
0: yeah and were you playing other sports as well because from what i remember you were playing other sports right
1: yeah and that was super important um I mean, again, you're 10, 11 years old, like you might have an idea of what you want to do, but like, it's the time in your life to be well-rounded, not only as an athlete, but as a person, Um, get to play those team sports and, um, and just share those experiences with the, with your friends at the time. Um, And so, um, yeah, while golf was kind of what I always knew I was best at and what I always thought, you know. I was going to pursue the hardest. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I enjoyed playing um, basketball. I played that up until like eighth grade, uh, played football, baseball. Um, and that was all well and good. But, you know, I realized, oh, you know, if I, if I was going to play in, in college, like my future was in golf. I was, uh, you know, I was medium athletic and, you know, not super strong, not super tall. So Yeah. <laughs> I figured golf suited fit the bill for me. So, um, yeah, that, that's the, that's the direction I I focused my efforts as high school went on.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You can still play at first United Methodist wherever you want. So
1: exactly. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, yeah. So that's a great, great point. Just, you know, being well-rounded experiencing new things, playing different sports, because at the same time, when you're playing other sports as well, you're developing different skills, um, You're working different parts of your body. You're you're becoming a little bit more well-rounded as an athlete, but also you're getting to meet a lot of different people as well. I've always thought that, you know, when you play athletics, you get to meet a lot of different people from a lot of different schools, places. You talked about your parents taking you all around Oklahoma to this, you know, to different places you've never been. And I'm sure you got to meet a lot of people when you're on those trips as well, which is a precursor to what you've, you've done in your professional career as well. So that's interesting. But, you know, you get to high school, you decide that that's what you want to kind of specialize in. So you're starting to play competitively. What what did that look like um, from a time perspective on just your practice, your preparation? Because you know, golf is not any sport to get to the next level. You know, it's, sometimes it can be tough to get to high school. Sometimes after that, getting to college is a whole nother level of of golf. So, how did you have the vision or people around you that helped push you to get to that point, or routines, discipline, thing like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um... Yeah, I, I like you said, I was fortunate to have a lot of good people around me. I mean, you know, my my dad, he didn't really know, you know, he he didn't know what the what it took to play in college, you know, go on to play as a pro, or whatnot. And I mean, I certainly didn't, but you know, thinking goodness there's a lot of people in the Oklahoma golfing community who, you know, have been a part of that, you know, know what it's all about. So yeah, I was fortunate to have a lot of great people in my life who you know, kind of maybe laid out that foundation of what that looked like. Um, I actually spoke about it um, on Coach McGraw's podcast, uh, just about how important um, OSU Golf Camp was in in kind of I don't know a little bit of my maturation as a player, uh, getting to be around those players um, at Oklahoma State, those coaches, and and just see what it what it what it meant to to be able to play at that level. Um, you know, the, the effort that it took to, to get there, or what, what they did on a daily basis in order to achieve what they were achieving. Um, and so seeing that laid out a little bit firsthand, um, it gave me a sort of template, uh, if you will, to, uh, to follow. And then, you know, as, as you're coming up, um, playing junior golf, uh, there's, there's always sort of a, a measuring stick, um, of, of a player, you know, who's, who's, who's better than you. And, and there was a couple of players who, you know, I, I wanted to be as good as them, but I wasn't. And, and, you know, I I'd get, I'd get my teeth beat in. So, you know, it was always like, well, those guys are better than me. And, you know, and we're all competing for a handful of spots uh, in order to play in college golf. And if they're better than me, like, you know, I'm not getting that spot. So it, it was this, this constant measuring stick, like, okay, like I know where I'm right now, but I, I need to get better. I need to continue pushing. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was a, you know, it wasn't maybe a certain thing per se, but it was a number of things. Um, and then I just had a, uh, I had a passion for it. Um, and whenever you have a passion for something like that, it makes putting in the work pretty darn easy. Um, you know, I wanted to be at the golf course. I, I had my parents drop me off in the mornings in the summertime, um, as soon as the sun came up and I wouldn't leave till the sun went down. Um, and just, you know, I, I might not have worked the smartest in that time. And, and <laughs> I refined that uh, as the years have gone on, but I just wanted to be at the golf course. Uh, you know, it was fun. We, we had a good group of guys and getting to hang with some of my buddies, but just the amount of time I spent out there and the amount of work we put in, it was hard not to get better. Um, and so while I still had that passion, you know, golf has become a little bit more of a job. I mean, it is my job. It's how I make my money. And, um, and so... You know, it's not like the, the youthful exuberance that I once had going out to the golf course, but I still love it. And I'm, I'm able to take some of the lessons that I had in terms of uh, work ethic and, and the things that I learned um, in those ages of, of junior golf uh, and apply those still today uh, to, to my career.
0: Yeah, I love the point that you made about you go out there when the sun, you know, was coming up and then you stayed out till the sun was going down. You had a passion for it but you were doing the work now it doesn't, we can, we can get into the, you know, working smart in a little bit, but you were just out there doing it every single day, no matter if it's working smart or working hard, you were out there doing it. And so a point that I wanted to to make is that what do you think enabled you whenever you said you're getting your teeth smashed in some of these tournaments with guys that are a little bit better than you, what do you think enabled you to have the mindset? Like I'm going to keep going instead of, you know, many people sometimes can be in a tournament like that. And when they get their teeth mashed, smashed in, you know, they tend to shy away and just like, I'm just not that good. I'm, I'm just gonna, you know, kind of just coast a little bit and not, and not keep working hard. But you, you know, instead of doing that, you decided to say, Hey, you know what? I can go, I can go be better than those guys. I can work harder. I can go out every single day and get better. And that's where I want to be. I know you had a passion for it, but what do you think enabled you to have that mindset?
1: Yeah, I think it was a couple of things. Um, I think it was just an innate stubbornness, um, honestly. And I think that's a trait that served me well, um, over the course of my life and my career. Um, you know, just like, if I, if I set my mind to, to want to do something, I'm going to, I'm going to figure it out. Um, and it's been that way with golf. Um, yeah, like it, you know, in, in the, when I was growing up as a junior player in Oklahoma, uh, Compared to most of the kids, I mean, I was pretty good. I was, was one of the best players in the state. But then I, I qualified for the U.S. Kids World Championship one year uh, when I was 13 or something. You know, I, I think I'm pretty good. Hot shot junior golfer, Oklahoma, going to go kick all these guys. But, um, man, I went out there and just got humbled. Um, I I got smoked. And I was like, wow, there, there's a, it's a lot bigger golfing community outside the state of Oklahoma. And so that's a little bit of an aha moment that, man, like, you know, I thought it was pretty good, but I got a lot of getting better to do. And and there's still those guys in Oklahoma um, who were whooping my tail. So, yeah, th- that that experience at US Kids World Championship, it was either, okay, well, I'm going to fold up like a cheap suit or I'm going to come back to the drawing board and, and figure out how to get better so that next time that doesn't happen. Uh, and so that's that's the approach I took. Um, I don't know, like, when failure or adversity hits, um, you can either run or you can you can go back to the drawing board and, and see if you can figure it out. Um, you're not always going to figure it out, but I think it's putting in the effort uh, to, to, to do that. Um, that is what's so important. And uh, at least it gives you a chance. Um, and so that's, I mean, man, I've, I've had my teeth kicked in you know, year after year on multiple occasions as my career has gone on. Um, and just kind of that same stubbornness that was instilled in me at a, at a young age has served me well. And then, my dad gave me some great advice when I was a kid. Um, he, you know, I was getting frustrated that, you know, I was putting in the time I was working and I just couldn't beat some of these kids. And he's like, Charlie, like you got to play the long game, you know, like, you know, these kids are always, they're already really, really good. You know, they're, they're getting incrementally better. Whereas you have, you know, some more leaps and bounds to go. If you keep doing it, like, over the course of the next few years, like you're going to, you're going to surpass that. And, um, and so that was, you know, interesting perspective of like, you know, it's it's we always get so caught up in the here and now, the immediate uh, and sometimes don't see the the fruits of what we're building um, over a long, long span of time. Um, and so just the the wisdom to keep doing the little things day in and day out and know that that over the long run, they're going to mount in some uh, some big gains was um that was great. And uh, again, that's not really something I might've realized at the time, but uh, as I look back on some of the things my dad's taught me, that was, that was a lesson that, that served me well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I love the point you talked about building and doing the little things every single day, because it's very easy to look at people that are in the spotlight and not really know the backstory of how they got there, but through everyone's story, pretty much regardless if they just naturally had talent, you got to do some work to get to where you're at. And so every single day you're putting in work, you are put in an effort, you're trying to get better and think about the long game instead of just thinking about, okay, well, I'm not here right now, but you set a plan in place, you set a routine, you set habits in place that'll enable you to get to where you want to go. If you just do them every single day, I think that's an important piece. What you just talked about. So within that too, you know, before we move into college, were there any people or players that you looked up to from afar like as like role models type, type guys like, I would love to be kind of like that guy that enabled you to have kind of a drive to, to go forward.
1: Yeah. Um, especially in junior golf, I would, I would say it was, it was a lot of the Oklahoma state golfers. Um, just what, what I said earlier in my time at Oklahoma state golf camp, and then my uh, golf coach at the time, um, who was giving me lessons. He was out at Oklahoma state. So I w- I just spent a lot of time, in that culture around those guys, around those players. And I mean, w- when you're a high school golfer, the next level is to, or a junior golfer, high school, whatever, the next level is to be in college. So you're always looking up to what's the next level. Like, what are they doing? How'd they get there? Um, and yeah, being able to, you know, see, see a lot of those guys and what they were doing, uh, in close proximity, um, uh, that, that was, that was who I wanted to be. And, and that's, that's who I looked up to. So, um, yeah, super fortunate to to be able to have that opportunity to um, be in such close quarters with those guys. Yeah.
0: And that's a great, great point, too, because you're able to see guys that are ahead of you where you want to be. You don't have to be like any of those guys. You just need to be yourself. But you can see what they're doing that enabled them to get to that point and then apply those lessons in your life. Now, you talked about Oklahoma State, you know, being around those guys and being around Coach McGraw and, and kind of the impact that they had on you but you wound up going to OU and I know you're a big OU fan. So was Bob Suits involved in the recruiting process that got you down there?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he was the real big there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I wish. Uh, no, uh, no, yeah, like you said, uh grew up a, a diehard sooner. Um, my parents went to OU, my grandparents went to OU. I was, I was going to OU games when I was in diapers. Um, like it was, it was a part of who I was growing up. Um, you know, I was, I was, a I was a sooner. I was, and you know, we watched every OU football game. Uh, I mean, it's, it's where I always envisioned myself going. So yeah, once the recruiting process hit and, you know, it kind of came down to make a decision. Um, yeah, I was fortunate to have some good opportunities, but um, man, I, I just wanted to I wanted to play for the school that I loved, that I grew up loving. Um, You know, OU golf hadn't been very good. Uh, We'd been outside the top 100 for a while. And new coach, Ryan Hibble, um, who I played for, uh, just got hired. And I love the vision that he had for the program. Um, I love what he was about, his competitiveness, his fire. Um, And I wanted to be a part of, um, you know, maybe being that that first or second class that he brought in to to build back the the OU golf program, to to build back the program at the school I love to to where it should be and where it's supposed to be. Um and so that 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 really lit a fire in me and got me excited. Um so yeah, I went to OU um and um yeah we had we had some good teams. Um we we uh, we, we we well I mean coach, coach Hibble um he took that, he took that team from, I mean, we're, we're terrible. Uh, one of the worst teams in the big 12 and, you know, by my junior senior year, we, we were top 10 in the country. Um, and so, and then two years after I left, they won the national championship. So that, that's what I wanted to be a part of, um, kind of reestablishing, um, oh, you on the scene. And, um, you know, I was, I was a small part of that. Um, it, but that, that was a, you know, that was the vision of, of coach and, and the, the, the way he ran his, um, he ran his program, uh, the people he brought in, and, and just the the way he's able to mold and shape us, and, and take us from honestly like <laughs> a little bit of a, a ragtag bunch into uh, a team that was uh, pretty darn good by the time we left. Um, and it's all a testament to to him and his coaching. So,
0: yeah, what would you say some of the qualities that he had as a leader that you admired playing with playing uh in his in his environment?
1: Yeah, um, it's cliche because it's uh, it's the name of your podcast, but um, he just demanded excellence um, out of his players, and and that permeated uh, through the team. Um, he demanded uh, he he demanded excellence out of his, himself. You um, knew what you were getting from him. Um, he's one of the most competitive people I've ever met, and um, you know anything than the best wasn't going to be satisfactory and he demanded that from himself and as players like we, we 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 felt like we owed it to him in order to to hold ourselves to that same standard um and yeah we it just I've spoken about it before but in um in our practices and in, in everything we did we were always competing um you know whether it was in qualifying whether it's in you know organized practices that that he established Um uh, you know it wasn't anything that that took away from the unity of the team, but it was one of those things where like, you know, I I didn't want to lose to my teammate. He didn't want to lose to me. And so it was this competition within the team that, that wasn't disintegrating the team, but it was pushing us better to, to new heights. Um, And so I feel like that competition uh, back home, uh, just in the small stuff, like in in little things of practice, uh, it developed an edge, developed a fire within within our guys. And, uh, whenever the, the chips were down in tournaments, we know that we would we'd prepared well back home. Um, and that, you know, we, we'd done it not necessarily just from a, um, going through the motions, like, Hey, I worked on my chipping today. Hey, I worked on my putting today, but like, you know, that they were meaningful reps, um, where, um, where there was some pressure involved. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, coach will set the tone there. He he's, he's a he's a competitive guy and and he brought that same approach to um to our golf team and it's paid dividends i mean he he's taken that team um from like i said being outside the top hundred to i think the last four years they've been number one in the country um at least at some point in the year so it's amazing to see what he's done it's it's awesome um to be an alumni and to be able to you know look at that team and um and, and uh and have pride in that so
0: yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. And also too, just, you talked about, you had a passion for OU growing up, obviously, but you know, coach Hibble and his vision that he had for the program, obviously you wanted to be a part of that and to help develop OU into what it is today. And you say so you're a small piece, but you're a big piece along with your teammates and changing the culture of where it was at to where it is today. And I love the point too, you talked about meaningful reps and developing you know, reps under pressure as well, because Mm -hmm. it's a lot of time we we think about, well, how do we really, really get better at what we're doing? And I think you just stated it right there, having meaningful reps, you're thinking about your work, you're you're working hard and you're working smart, but also uh, there's pressure on you. You're competing against your teammates. And now it's not necessarily like, it's always, you know, you're, you're competing to win, but it's not this uh, competition to where you don 't like each other i'm sure it's a good culture to where it 's competitive, but we know where the, the the common goal and the culture is and so when you put pressure on yourself it 's just like kind of like iron sharpens iron well it 's developed through fire right and pressure on that iron, and so that 's how you get stronger and better. I love that point because that 's not something i 've heard um even though it's it's a part of great great cultures and athletics, and not just athletics but overall in business and life um when we're putting in meaningful reps and we have pressure on us um we become better and we get better and better like you talked about in the little things so important so do you have any favorite experiences at ou in your time there
1: um yeah obviously uh some of our successes um that we had as a team that's what's so neat about college golf and, and and high school golf for that matter is um it's so, uh, so unique to the golf experience as a whole, golf being an individual sport, um, you know, and then, you know, having these, these few years where you're playing as a team, uh, it's an interesting dynamic where like, it's still your individual score and then they just add them all up. But like, you know, you're playing for a team and, and being in an individual sport, we, we don't really have that luxury. It's just, it's just us out there competing against a bunch of other individuals. So yeah, I mean it, it was so fun just to build a rally together as a team and um and, and share in in some of those uh successes together. But my senior year um at the regional championship out in California, San Diego, we we won by 26 shots. And and that was I mean, that was that was awesome. You know, senior year, you know, you kind of last postseason run and uh I mean we just went and kicked the crap out of everybody and it was it was <laughs> awesome. Uh sure. Then we kind of laid an egg at the national championship. But, uh, but it, uh, man, that, that was a lot of fun. And, uh, man, I, I'll just never forget that feeling of, like, you know, all, all that work we put in, it kind of uh, it manifested itself in, in a pretty special week like that. So um, that, that that was certainly one of my, my highlights in my time at Oklahoma. Yeah, that's great.
0: And, you know, a lot of times we hear it's just it's those moments when you're in a team environment on the, on the plane rides, on the bus rides, you know, at the hotel, you're hanging out with your buddies and you have get to have that experience. And then also the experiences of having success because you've worked day in and day out to, to get to that point. And that's a, a fun aspect of it all. So you really helped OU um, build their culture and their program. Then you get to go play professionally, which is obviously, you know, the goal is to play professionally. What has it been like to play professionally and talk about the experience of getting out of college and then going to play professionally.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's a bit of a wake up call, if you will. Um, I mean, in college golf, you get your hand held a little bit, um, in terms of, you know, every, everything's scheduled for you. You just kind of got to show up and put in the work. Um, when you turn pro, you know, you, you're out on your own, like it's either, okay, am, am I going to take ownership of this? Uh, yeah, you're either going to take ownership of it or you're not. Um, And so, yeah, like, um, I mean, you show up to your first tournament and you're the one making your schedule. You're the one making your travel plans. You're the one figuring out how to budget your time at the tournament. Um, And then even week to week um, in college, you know, we kind of only play one week in a row, maybe two. Um, When you turn pro uh, going on four or five week stretches and it sounds silly. It's golf, um, but you get physically tired, you get mentally tired, just, just the grind um, of, okay, my livelihood weighs on this. Um, It, it, it'll, it gets you week in and week out. And so figuring out how to budget your time when you're at a tournament, uh, how am I going to practice within that tournament? Um, So it's a bit of a shift. Um, And it, it, you know, honestly, it, uh, it happens through a lot of trial and error, how, how to go about that. And that's what I've experienced over my career. And, and, Fortunately, I've been able to play, um, you know, so I, I, I my first year out of school, I, um, I missed at corn Ferry tour Q school at second stage. And so that mean I meant I had to go play one of the developmental tours in either China, Latin America, or Canada. And, um, I chose to go play. Well, I wanted to, <laughs> I don't know if you want to get into it. It's a yeah. long. No, go ahead. So I wanted to go play in Latin America, uh, and I signed up a couple hours, you know, after the application went out. Well, it turns out you gotta sign up within like five minutes or you don't get into the Q school. Um, so I got waitlisted, I was like 50th. I got waitlisted for Buenos Aires. So I was like, well shoot, man. Like I wanted to go to Latin America. Uh, so my next best option was going to China. So I, well, I guess we're going to China. So I signed up for school <laughs> there. And I get through, I win that Q school and I've got status on that tour. And while I'm over there, um, I get an email saying that I'm into um, the qualifier in latin america in buenos aires and it starts in three days
0: and you're in china
1: right i'm in kunming china and so (laughs) like well you know what let's do it you know what the heck so i took i think i flew from like kunming to beijing beijing to lax lax to dfw dfw to uh, buenos aires i think it took 46 hours i got stumbled through nine holes of a practice round and uh long story short i ended up getting my car down there as well um but um all that to say I, I played a handful of events in Latin America and I was feeling called to go to China uh, and I went and I'm glad it did
0: the point that I would like to make just in you talking about going from China mm-hmm. to Latin America in 46 hours and then happen having to uh get on the course right after that and you just mm-hmm. played in China like that is exactly what we just talked about with the pressure uh and meaningful reps you're doing what you have to do you are taking ownership of what needs to be done Mm -hmm. but you're you're doing it when it's not necessarily i don't think that would be super fun to be jet lagged and to hop on the golf course and be ready to go to play play an event which is already like you talked about a little bit or we haven't elaborated on it but it's already grueling as it is to play that many rounds of golf um within a matter of just a couple of days while you
1: just flew for almost two days (laughs) yeah for sure um yeah i mean that was it was a wild experience but but honestly it was it was a little bit validating in the sense that um you know you turn pro and you don't quite know like where you stack up in terms of things um you know you're trying to like we were talking about earlier you're just trying to figure it all out um and and to be able to you know i I just missed a corn fairy tour q school and um, to be able to come out and 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 get status and have a place to play on two tours was validating in the work that I'd been doing. And like, okay, like, you know, I, I got a chance. I can do this. Um, and, you know, like I, I I had a good college career, but I wasn't some hot shot, you know, who's going to take the world by storm and, and immediately make his way onto the PGA Tour ranks. Like I came into professional golf knowing that, it was going to be a bit of a project and I was going to need to play the long game and I was going to need to get better. And, um, I I remember thinking that in that first year, I just wanted to look back on the year and see that once the end of the year came around, I was better at the end than when I started. And if if, I knew that if I could, I could look back and, and say that that it was going to have been a successful year and, that I at least been making strides and where I ultimately want to go. Uh, you know, you, you got guys, you know, your Victor you your Matt Wolf's of the world, who would come out and they're they're immediately successful on the PGA Tour. And realistically, that just wasn't going to be me. And I knew I was going to need to get better. Um, and and I was fortunate to have the platform of some of those developmental tours in uh, China. This is the point I was getting to. I was fin- I'm finally figured out. I'm coming full <laughs> I was. uh, I was fortunate to have the platform of those tours uh, to make some mistakes early, um, you know, and trying to figure it out um, to, you know, not maybe be on the highest stage of golf and to be able to, you know, kind of tinker, figure out, okay, what works best for me? How am I going to get better? What's my What's my pathway that's going to be the foundation for the rest of my professional career? And, um, yeah, so so through that and through, through the time I had in China, um, you know, and I, I was able to um, – in contention a lot over there where, you know, maybe playing a little bit lower level of golf, um, having to cut my teeth in, in order to try to qualify for the corn Ferry tour. But, you know, I was able to get in contention, um, play a lot of golf when all the chips are down um, under the gun, when, when coming down the stretch, when, you know, when every shot matters. Um, and so being able to have that experience uh, has been huge for me later on as, as a been able to achieve some higher levels of golf and, uh, being able to reflect on those past experiences and, uh, the lessons I learned of, uh, successes and failures. Um, so yeah.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's great because, you know, you talked about one thing that I really, I really think actually is is a really good way to, um, you know, be successful. You talked about just figuring it out. Mm -hmm. I had a buddy that was on the podcast earlier. He's, he's an assistant coach at, at, army West point. And that was one of his big deals. Just, just figure it out. And if you think about it, it's, it means you're going to make mistakes. Um, it means you're going to do things that, you know, you may not have wanted to do, but you're going to be able to refine it and build upon what you're doing every single day. So I like that point, but also I liked, um, just the point that you're willing to go and step into maybe something that's uncomfortable. You know you're going to china which i don't know if you'd ever been there before i don't know if you ever been to latin america before you know maybe the beach in mexico i don't know but you're getting to push yourself into some type of discomfort i don't know what that was like for you but i would imagine that's a totally different experience you're a long way from home and you're still having to play golf and i don't know i don't know i feel like that would be you know a challenging experience a different environment but through all those experiences And through those opportunities that you were taking advantage of, you are able to build confidence to build uh, your game and get better and better along the way.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. It was, it was, (laughs) it was certainly uncomfortable. I mean, I'd, I'd traveled, you know, I've been able to travel and see a few places, um, before in my life, but I mean, I don't know, going around Latin America and China, uh, you know, by myself was, was it, was, it was a different animal. Um, and more than I, I think a lot of what benefited me is the attitude I took to it. Um, you know, I didn't want to be in Latin America or China. I wanted to be on the corn ferry tour, um, and having the opportunity to play for a PGA tour card every year. Um, but that's not where I was. And so the, my best option was China and Latin America. And so that was my reality. You, you either, say man you know this sucks that this is my reality or you're like you take the bull by the horns and and this is where I am I'm gonna do the best with what I have what the opportunity I have and so honestly I I went over um, to China that year and I was just excited Um, I didn't know what that year had in store I didn't have a whole lot of expectations Um, I didn't know where my game stacked up I didn't I didn't know much, like I said before. I just wanted to get better as that year went on and be able to look back and, and see that I'd gotten better as the year progressed. But I I just went into that year thinking, man, this is cool. Like this is what I've this is what I've wanted to do my whole life. I've wanted to play golf professionally and now I'm getting to do it. I'm getting to do it on a, a global stage in a in a place that I didn't think I'd ever go. Um and yeah, I, I look back on it and and through golf, and um, and through maybe taking an unconventional route, I was able to see some parts of the world um, that I would have never seen before. I was able to meet some amazing people, um, and it's it's just been an experience that really has enriched my life. Um, and it's uh, and I feel like the attitude that I took to it, and just like man, th- this is great. We're gonna have fun. I'm a young kid fresh out of college, and you know, we're, we're we're traveling the world chasing a little white ball around, and and, and that uh that, that that was hugely beneficial over there, and I think it's a lot of the reason why I was able to have success and uh, and earn my way back into the U.S. and play on the Corn Ferry Tour. Um, so yeah, I mean. I don't know. There's so many instances in in life. Like you might not necessarily be where you want to be, but where you're at right now is the best you got. And you can either moan about it or you can work hard and, and and enjoy the time you're in and know that it's not going to be forever. Um, So that, that, that's, that's kind of what I tried to do uh, while I was over there. And then, I mean, same here, like, you know, I'm, I love playing on the corn ferry tour, you know, it's great. I'm, I'm fortunate to have the opportunity to, to play on that tour, but I don't want to be on this tour. You know, I want to be on the PJ tour, but I'm on the corn free tour right now. So, so what am I going to do with it? I'm, you know, I'm, you know, that some of the same lessons that I learned um, on those developmental tours, I'm still carrying over to the corn free tour, even though it's a little bit higher level of golf, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love, there's something about the simplicity of being where your feet are and just enjoying the moment. Right. And that's what you are just talking about where you're trying to do, but at the same time you still have, have some goals that you're trying to hit. And I love the a point you also made was just about compare, just being your best. How do you focus on just being your best? I mean, it's, it's good to compare, right, to an extent, but it's not good to compare sometimes when it just overwhelms you. Like, I'm not here. I'm not where this guy is. But you talked about knowing where you're at at the start and then knowing where you want to be and trying to become your best in the process of doing that. How do you have the mindset
1: to do that? Um, or develop a mindset to do that? for, for me, like, uh, with, with competing and with golf and with, with competition, um, you know, just, just where, wherever you're playing, that's, that's where you're playing. And, and that, that's the competition you have. And, and, you know, like, I mean, you know, even in in junior golf and amateur golf, like, you know, there's, there's high level tournaments or low level tournaments, but that, that's the, those are the fields you're playing, you know, that's your, and you, you can either, you know, just because it's a a small tournament and you win doesn't make it any less important. Um, you you know, the, like, you still won, you still beat everybody. That's the best you can do. Um, and so I I think just maybe taking a little bit of of pride in, in your craft pride in the finished product. Um, for me, it's just like a, a bit of an ownership of it. Like, you know, at the, at the end of the day, um, up on that scoreboard, you know, there's going to be a score next to your name and you're the only one, um, who I was saying that you're the only one who, uh, who, who can point to that and be like, you know, that, that was mine. That's, that's what I did. That was my work. And a lot of days it's really bad. And a lot of days it's really good, but I always wanted it to be really good. So I, I, I did everything in my best ability to, to make that score really good. And so, yeah, I just think of, uh, kind of goes back to the stubbornness a little bit. Um, like I, I just wanted to, uh, put out the best version of myself. And so whether it's in, you know, junior golf calls me golf, Latin America, China, whatever. Um, that's something I guess that's driven me a little bit. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's, yeah. uh, yeah,
0: no, that's great. And as we wind down, I just want to ask this question because we know you are working, you're on the corn Fairy right now. You're working to be on the PGA tour. Uh, what do you think like what are you doing every day to get there and where do you wanna and ultimately what do you want to be doing and how do you get there?
1: Um yeah, uh just continued, you know, practicing, um, you know, just just doing the things that I've that I've done throughout my career. Um, you know, and that's that's changed as the years go on. Um I've had to it's it's maybe not so much time put in um as as, a, as much as it is um you know, being able to work a little bit smarter, um, put, putting in the time is hugely important, but if you're out there, like we've talked about earlier, putting in meaningless reps, you know, you might as well not be doing anything. So I've learned to, to try to be a little bit more efficient with my practice. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, spending, spend quite a bit of time in the gym, um, you know, working on my body. Uh, that, that's been a huge part of uh, my maturation as a golfer in, in college. I, uh, I was actually the shortest hitter on our team. Um, I was just a little shrimp. I, you know, I hit it absolutely nowhere. And, um, and I kind of figured out that if I wanted to have a future in this game, that needed to be something that I did. So I really committed myself to the gym. I ended up putting on like 40 pounds um, and ended up becoming probably the longest hitter in our team. Um, and so that, you know, just the, a little bit of the foundation that um, I laid there has carried over. And it's something that I love and just looking after my body and, and being able to go, um, being able to play this game. You know, it's a game you can play as a career late into your forties, even fifties on the championship and whatnot. So um, having, you know, your body in a place to where you can sustain, the the loads and the reps week in a week out um that's something that's been been huge for me um so yeah uh, that's uh, yeah that's some of the stuff i'm doing back home and you know just kind of getting ready for a big summer uh, of traveling and whatnot
0: yeah how has your faith helped you along your professional journey and yeah, just my, in life honestly
1: absolutely my faith has been um instrumental in that um you know i it's uh I know that, you know, it's so easy to get caught up um in golf in life and in, in whatever and in whatever you're doing, uh being your identity. Um, you know, you know, I shot eighty one today. Well, you know, I'm a you know, and you get you you feel like that's you your identity, man. I'm a bad golfer, whatnot, but uh, that's
0: pretty good for
1: me. So <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um and shoot, yeah, like, you know, you, you go through a great stretch and you're playing great and your identity just gets ra- – it's very easy to have your identity wrapped up in, in your golf score and, like, you know, me, Charlie Saxon, as a golfer, but that's just such a small piece of the puzzle. And, you know, the truth is that my identity is found in Christ and, and found in, in my walk with the Lord. And um, and so, you know, having, having my faith um, to kind of – set the tone to where, you know, my, my successes as a golfer, you know, maybe not aren't quite as high. My, my failures aren't quite as low. I I know that, uh, you know, I I can put in the work and I'm I'm continually striving to be the best version of myself as a golfer and doing that work. uh, We're we're actually going through a book in the corn fruit to Bible study right now and about taking, you know, about what God says about work and whatnot. And, doing that work as if I'm doing it under the Lord, but, um, but knowing at the end of the day, you know, he, he's got a plan and, and I can rest. It's given me so much peace as a golfer, knowing that I can rest knowing that, um, you know, that, that whether I play good golf or bad golf, um, you know, it's a part of his, his grander plan. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's been a, uh, it's been a huge, piece of peace in my life um it's helped me deal with uh, yeah just deal deal with the, the the ups and downs that that golf, that golf brings with it
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's mm-hmm. so good you know you recently you got a little over a year married is that right yeah a little over a year married you're having a kid soon yep. what do you think in your in your year you know you've got a long time there of of marriage but mm-hmm. uh what do you think it means to be a good husband and a good
1: father um yeah, just, just loving my wife, my wife. Well, um, you know, a lot of it setting the tone, um, in, in our marriage, um, in, in our faith. Um, you know, my dad did that so well. He, uh, he set the tone, um, as a family, uh, as a husband, uh, for, for, for the faith of the family. And I, I, I would love to be able to replicate that, um, as a husband to Lauren, um, uh, and also, uh, yeah, with my the the little guy coming, um, being able to to be that to him and being able to to, to raise him um, in a similar way to as my dad did, um, I, I think I think that's yeah, that's hugely important and, and what I hopefully uh, will be able to do as well. I guess.
0: Yeah, you got a lot of exciting things coming up in your future. As we wind down, uh, we do a fire round. So I'll say a little sentence, and you can finish it off in a word or however you want to. Cool. You can do anything if.
1: Uh, you're resilient. Opportunity is? Uh, what you make of it. Favorite vacation spot? I'm going to have to say the Elk Woods in Colorado. Okay. Yeah. Determination is? Um, stubbornness, being gritty, um, a grinder. It's uh, Yeah, stubbornness is half the battle. Or sorry, uh sorry, determination is half the battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Favorite golf experience. I know that's a very broad question.
1: Yeah. Um, I think we touched on it a little bit um earlier, but you know, I've, I've had some successes individually, but some of those times, um, you know, having success as a team, um, you know, like the regional championship or or when we won state in high school, um, uh, being able to share that with other people. That uh, that was hugely fun for me. Mm-hmm.
0: It all comes down to
1: um, perseverance.
0: Awesome. We're done with the fire round. Cool. So also I know you're a good golfer, but I've heard you're a
1: really good hunter, maybe even better. So I don't know about that. Um uh, I don't know who your sources are, but uh, <laughs> I think they might be misinformed. Okay. Yeah uh I, i'm working on being a good hunter uh if uh hopefully this year we'll actually get an elk yeah <laughs> okay huh?
0: sounds good hey the last two questions are is there a certain piece of best advice you ever received
1: um coach mcgraw actually gave me a uh a pretty good piece of advice back in the back in the day um it was kind of his mantra he, he said wake up every day uh feeling five under par wake up every day like uh like you're five under par and and all that to say is essentially you you're you choose that your attitude um you, you wake up each morning and uh it's your choice whether to have a positive one or a negative one you know your day might go terribly you start you start five under par and you end up the day five over par but at least you started the day five under par and it gives you a chance to to um to have a productive meaningful day and so I think that's just some some cool wisdom uh, in that little saying right there. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. Well this podcast is called Building Excellence. What does building excellence mean
1: to you? Yeah. Um I you know, I think excellence, it's uh it's something that's hard to quantify. It it looks different on um on everybody in, in whatever field that they're in. But um when you when you see excellence like you you know it. Um, and so I, I think, I think, uh, building excellence is surrounding yourself with, with people, um uh, who have been excellent in their field, um, and who are striving for excellence and m- much like you've done in this podcast, you know, you've, uh, you've, you've had on a whole bunch of people who, um, have been excellent in their, their fields and, and, uh, been able to glean wisdom, um, and, and stuff from them. Um, so yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think surrounding yourself with this and then leaning on, on, on some of the things that, that that's important. Um, so yeah, it's part of, part of what, what I like so much about what you're doing with this podcast. I, I think it's really neat.
0: Yeah, well, thanks. I appreciate it. You know, Charlie, thanks so much for coming on the show, for sharing all the stuff that you just shared. There was so much great content in there. And obviously, we're looking forward to continuing and following your journey, and it'll be fun to watch in Augusta. So, um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, thanks again for coming on the show, and we really appreciate it. We're- thanks, man. Hey, everyone, it's Bailey Miles. Thanks again so much for tuning in. We hope you found value in the show, and if you enjoyed it, we would really appreciate you sharing the show with a friend, subscribing on Apple or Spotify podcast, writing a quick review, or leaving a five star rating. When you do that, it really helps get the message out and allows more people to hear these stories and help them build excellence in their life, leadership, and legacy. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to me via email. It's bailey at baileymiles.com. Follow us on social. We're on all the different social platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Or check out our website at baileymiles.com. Once again, I'd love to hear from you, so definitely do that. And then thanks again for joining me on this journey. And remember, life begins at the end of your comfort zone.